0: And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church.
1: The power of hope resides in this house today. Praise God, praise God. I am thrilled beyond the telling that we are in this place. We come here today. We walk here with purpose there's nothing random about what's taking place now. Nothing random about what will take place in the ensuing moments of this service. We have come, come into this house with great intention. While you're standing, I'm going to ask us to pray. This is a, uh, a special day in our, in our calendar. And um, I want to ask you to pray for our Sunday school and children's ministry. Today is a day that they will stay out back all uh, during the service to be simultaneous things going on after Sunday school. And as we say all the time, this is not glorified daycare, but we're asking God to move in their heart, plant the seed of God's truth in their heart. Amen. My wife and I were praying in our home last night about this very thing, and we were just asking the Lord to weave truth into their heart because the enemy's doing everything he can do if he'll if he just plucks one thread at a time, he'll settle for one thread at a time. And so we need to pray for teachers and Sunday school teachers and and youth ministry workers and that they will just let the Spirit of God help them anoint their hands and their minds today. Would you join me with that, Lord? I'm asking you today. The most valuable treasure we have, the most valuable treasure we have are in the hands of of trusted men and women right now. God, we're asking you to just anoint their heart. And I pray, God, for the next couple of hours that you will just allow them to be used of you. Let the Spirit of God be woven deep into the fabric of their heart. Not just any not just anything, God. Not just any Bible story. But we're praying for the divine revelation of truth. The oneness of who you are, the power of taking on your name in baptism we ask you Lord to help them understand the value of living a holy and a separated life let that, let that get planted in their heart today let it be planted in their heart today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus let your anointing touch every Sunday school teacher every children's ministry worker today anoint their lives and their lips in Jesus name in Jesus name praise the Lord you may be seated. We are so honored to have all of you in this place today. I'm going to ask Brother Everett Bird if he will. We're going to be doing things just a little bit different here today, and and uh, so if you'll just bear with us this morning, uh, I'm going to ask Brother Everett Bird. He's going to come and uh, share something exciting with you that I have asked him to share. And we're doing this with permission. Nobody will uh, be surprised by what's about to happen, but. I also want to welcome brother and sister Abersold here this morning from uh, from West Virginia. We're thankful, Fairmont, West Virginia, and uh, brother and sister Abersold's brother Abersold's father and mother. And we're thankful that they're here. And I'm not sure that they came to get them and take them back home. And if that's the case, we want to take back our welcome. <laughs> but if if you're just here on a strictly level playing ground, thank you for coming. Amen. <laughs> We love your son and their daughter-in-law and their family, and we have been enriched by their presence here today. And uh, I told Sister Richards that we had someone visiting from West Virginia today, and we were going to make sure she didn't crawl in their trunk and also go back to West Virginia with them. So we got a, we got a lot to do here today, not just worshiping the Lord, but we got a little ground to protect, it sounds like to me. And so, But we are very honored that they are here. We had spoken previously on the phone and are and very honored to make their acquaintance We're very excited that Brother Brother, uh, Tess Stewart is with us, and uh, for me, it seems like a long time in the making to be able to introduce his ministry to our church, and uh, we're excited about that, and uh, yesterday, it's been a busy weekend. Friday was a great youth fellowship here at the church, several churches in our section that were joining us and coming together, and we just had a good time of fellowship, and I appreciate all the hands that were uh, here to make that possible, and then yesterday, we had a... Uh, great, great uh, meeting with our leadership and the presence of the Lord just moved. We uh, we laughed, we prayed, we cried, we planned. We had a great day. In the process of all that we were doing yesterday, something began to unfold heavenly. And uh, we really didn't know all that God was doing. But uh, I've asked Brother Everett Bird to come here and just take a few moments and uh, share with you just exactly what we're talking about here today started last Sunday. Praise the Lord. It's
2: awesome to always be in his presence, but today is a special day for me because it already started for me about four years ago. I was riding, working, doing my, on my job, and, and I was just driving through the streets of Madison to go in to get a hydraulic hose bay. And God laid something on my heart. He said to start a church in Madison, and, and I just, that was something that I was like, that, I can't do that, God. But this morning, cut to this chase, and a lot of people that have already heard this story many times, but this morning, what's making special awesome is is I have some people with me today that that I have met and I've and we've, we have became a friends and, and, and part of our church there in Madison, and, and I, a lot of y'all got, people heard the names, and I heard several people say, now I can put a face with the name, because I've talked about them so much, that that now that you can put a face with them names. But what I wanted to come talking about, what Brother Boyd was talking about is last Sunday, actually it started last Sunday Saturday night, I was I was praying about what to speak on a on this Sunday last Sunday was having just Bible study in Brother John's home and God laid on my heart to show the same video that we brother Boyd felt led to show Wednesday night. Brother Vesta Mangum and I showed that with me and Brother John it was, it was some some other um Things happened, and it was just happened to be me and Brother John in his living room. And I showed that video. And we shared that video with him, and, and during that video, God's presence just moved in his living room. His the Holy Spirit—you can feel it just as strong as I mentioned. I think it was Brother Chris. I told it was just as strong as it was when we when she was preaching that message live last Saturday morning, and when she was preaching the, the last Sunday night, the Holy Ghost fell in his house, and he 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 was tears. I mean, both of us was there just weeping. Brother John stressed to me that he he wanted the Holy Ghost so bad. So at at the end of the closing of that service, I said, or closing, we we started praying. I said, we're going to fast and pray this week that you can receive the Holy Ghost. And I made the statement, and he he brought it to my memory this morning. He said, I told him, I said, you can get the Holy Ghost sitting right here in this chair. You don't have to be in no service. You don't have to be nowhere, nothing fancy. You can get the Holy Ghost when you and God gets right. You can get the Holy Ghost right here in this chair. And so, we, we fasted and prayed this week. Yesterday, I was not at the meeting. I had to work yesterday morning, but I had forgot something in my wife's truck, so I came out here around lunchtime to get it out of her truck. And I just came to get that. But God let me come out here for another reason. I came out here, and Brother Boyd, I was, I was actually getting in my truck to leave, and Brother Boyd asked me to come in, invited me to come in, and... During that time he asked me to share what I've just shared to you about last Sunday and that we had been fasting and praying. The Holy Ghost presence came into that meeting room last night it was actually we was finishing up eating it was just eating food but we came in his, his presence came in that room and we had prayer about one o'clock yesterday afternoon and he was pray as we was praying and it was really strong it's about the same presence I felt last Sunday but when we was praying, At one o'clock, not unknowing to us, but at one o'clock in Madison, Brother John was working on his kitchen. He felt impressed to go pray. And during that time, just a few little while later, sitting in that chair, God filled him with the Holy Ghost. God's presence, it doesn't matter the location. It doesn't matter miles. But when God's presence was here, it was there too. His same power, his same presence was there in Madison. It filled him with the Holy Ghost, and he has a life change. And he's, all morning, he, since I picked him up this morning, he's been talking about it. And God has made a change in his life. And so God can do that for anybody here today. And so in this service, don't, don't, don't limit yourself today. God can be move in your life.
1: your hands. Clap your hands to the Lord. Amen. God is so good. And I just want to, I just want to counter-sink what Brother Everett just said. If you're here today without the Holy Ghost, you can have it. Amen. You can have it. While, while they were speaking these things, the Holy Ghost fell on them. Amen. And so his spirit is here. It has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with the person sitting beside you. It has nothing to do with whatever song, fast or slow, we're singing. It has everything to do with us just making ourselves available for his spirit and presence to move in our lives. Amen. We have a guest speaker today, and so we're going to try to make sure that we don't take too much time. I want him to have plenty of time, because in addition to preaching, I asked him to share a few things last night, and I'm going to let him hammer all of those details out. But uh, it's his first time here, and I, I know that we don't want to overload you. But uh, he's, he just shared some things that's too good to keep, keep to ourselves here. And, uh, and so every how, every how Brother Stewart wants to handle that. And so I'm just going to leave you with a thought. Now, I'm under a lot of pressure because there seems to be a group of people here in this church that don't think I know how to preach short. <laughs> So I kind of walked up here with just a tad of an attitude this morning, <laughs> a tad of an attitude, and a huge challenge. But uh, our musicians are going to make their way back to the platform at ten thirty, and so I have nine minutes, and so you're going to you're going to lean in here, and we're going to get something from the Lord, Amen. I was thinking about something the other day. It was just about the the crucifixion of Christ, and what a tremendous moment of course we understand that is a pivotal moment it was not uh, just another man that was giving his life it was not just somebody else that was dying for a great cause but as I began to read this story and and it's hard when you're reading the the crucifixion of Christ that are, that are given to us in the gospels it is it is hard to decide exactly where you're going to start and stop reading if you're trying to trim a little bit of that story out but certainly I think it is safe in saying that most of us in this place today certainly would understand this story, at least if not in detail, you would understand the general overview of the story. When we think about Pilate, who was a man placed in the, in the middle, whose own wife had enough insight to say, you need to, you need to step back from this. And Pilate, willing to content the people, he, he caved to the will and the whelm of men, and released to them Barabbas, who was their choice, and delivered them. Then Jesus, he was, they was he was scourged to be crucified. And the Bible says that the soldiers led him away to the hall in the uh, Praetorium, and, and they they called together the whole band, and they clothed him with purple and plaited a crown of thorns about his about his head and and began to salute him hail king of the Jews and this was anything but reverence but it was mockery and they smote him on the head with their reed and spit upon him bowing their knees worshiping him and when they had mocked him they took off the purple from him and put uh, his own clothes on him and led him out to crucify him compelling then the story the camera shifts just a little bit to this man Simon a a Cyrenean who passed by, coming out of the country. The father of Alexander and, and Rufus, he was called upon specifically to bear the cross, and they bring him to the place of Galgotha, which is being interpreted a place of the skull. And they gave him to drink wine, mingle with myrrh, but he received it not. And then verse 24, I suppose, is where I would like to just pause. And when they crucified him, the scripture says, they parted his garment, casting lots Upon them what every man should take. When they crucified him, they parted his garments, casting lots upon them what every man should take. And uh, I I realize the story of this, uh, this story is common. And so I I don't want to belabor any issue. I just want to just draw from this one point to leave you in passing that in the case of a a death sentence, a victim's personal belongings became the property of the execution squad. In Jesus' case, that was a four-man squad, according to John 19 and 23, because John said, Then the soldiers, when they crucified, uh, Jesus took his garments and made four parts to every soldier a part. The Scripture says that we read just now that they cast lots, Adam's Adam Clark's commentary suggests that they may have uh, this may have been something akin to what we would think of rolling the dice. They were just rolling the dice to see who was going to get what. This is what we're going to take home from this, and perhaps it was, uh, perhaps it was an outer garment, an inner garment, perhaps a belt and sandals, Um, but they were casting lots to see who is going to get what. I'm not sure what the passions of each of those men would have would have been, but we do know this from Scripture, that unwittingly they were fulfilling Scripture. This was far more than just a band of bloodthirsty men that were rolling dice, so to speak, but they were fulfilling what David had written in Psalms 22 and 18 when he said, They part my garments among them and cast lots upon my vesture. And so these items just became tokens. They just became uh, something that would remind these men of a job well done. And so can you imagine that if someone would ask them, what did you get out of the crucifixion? They completely, their prism, the prism that they're looking through is completely different. When they say, what did you get out of the crucifixion? One man would say, I got his sandals. Another man would say, well, I got this garment. I, another man would say, well, this, you, you, this, this belt, This is, that's what I got out of the crucifixion. Now, I am confident that these men could not have been ignorant of the low-hanging clouds of the storm that had now come in. They could not have been deaf to the thunder or blind to the lightning that was flashing across the sky. And apparently, while they were beholding all of this and rolling dice or... Uh, doing whatever it may be to receive their garments, to take home a souvenir, to take home a trophy, to take home some bragging right, they have missed the most important thing. And that was the fact that the veil was rent in twain, that that when he cried, it is finished. I, I know I'm preaching to the choir, so to speak, this morning, but while some people were saying, what did you get out of the crucifixion? All they could point to was a garment. Others could say, All what I got at man, I look at these pair of sandals, I got this belt, that's what I got. But there was another band of people when they were asked, What did you get out of the crucifixion? They said, I got access. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I didn't get a garment. I wore my same old sandals home. I'm just, I'm just trying to hold this belt together. But I tell you what, I may not have gotten those things, but what I did walk away from was I came away with access un, un, undoubtedly today. I pray that we, we're not just having our eyes. There are some things we won't be able to ignore. You can't ignore the clouds at crucifixion. You couldn't ignore the thunder. You couldn't ignore the lightning. there's some things in this service we're not going to be able to ignore. We're going to be able to hear the music. We're going to be able to see with our eyes people that are worshiping the Lord. We're going to be able to see a lot of things. But I'm asking you today, don't miss the point of this service. The point of this service is not somebody hopefully will sing a song that you like. The point of this service is not that your favorite preacher will preach or your favorite will sing, amen, Are none of the above. Let's not walk away and say, well, the only thing I got out of this was an earache. The only thing I got, it was too cold or it was too hot or it was too this or too that. I'm going to tell you what we have in this house that is the most valuable thing is access. Amen. What did you get out of the service today? He meant some people was going to say, well, I got this, I got this. I'm going to tell you what I got. I got access because when I walked in this house and they began to sing and we began to worship, I felt the king of kings in this place. I felt the Lord of lords in this place. Hallelujah, why don't we stand together? We've got access to the power and the presence of almighty God. We have access. Do you have a need? He can meet that need. Do you need a healing? He can heal your body. Do you need deliverance? It's here in this house, not somewhere later in the service, not some point down the road, but right here, right now. What a powerful presence of the Lord is in this place. Amen. I think we ought to to be very, very mindful of what the Spirit of the Lord is doing in this place. While our musicians are coming, amen, an illustration that I have used before, but over a century ago someone proposed they could build a bridge across the Niagara River. And when they would do that, the accomplishment, the end result would be the linking of two nations. This was not just a little brick and mortar, a little steel being bolted together, countless miles of travel, a lot of problems would be solved. But how are we going to do this? The canyon walls are steep, the rapids are wild, and then someone got a bright idea. They said, we will offer a $10 prize to a child who can fly a kite from one side to the other. And so, of course, $10 in those days would have been a lot of money, and to a child it would have even been more. And so when it was first proposed, they began to laugh. How in the world is a kite going to solve a problem? And so to the sophisticated minds of the engineers, they thought this will never work. But there was one young man who was just in it for $10 maybe. Maybe that's all he wanted out of the deal was $10. But he flew the kite. And he successfully got it from one side to the other. And then to the kite string, they tied a little larger string. To that string, a little larger string. To that string, a little larger piece of rope. And to that rope, some cable. And they began to build a suspension bridge one piece at a time. I'm not sure if he was just in it for the money. I'm not sure what motivated him. But there's a bridge standing there today. And the man who made that proposal got the last laugh. And so today I'm not sure what the catalyst was that brought you here. You may be only here at the invitation of someone else. But can I tell you that no matter what brought you here, you can get whatever you need before you leave this house. Can we lift our hands? Praise God. Let's magnify the Lord together.